Amen. I'm asking you to turn in your Bibles to the book of 1 John, chapter number 2. 1 John, chapter number 2. Let me say while you're turning there, amen, how delighted we are to have with us Brother Noah and probably Brother Nathan's friend that's with us. Don't yet know your name, but we want you to know that you're welcome here among, and you're among family today, so don't feel, try not to feel as intimidated as it may feel the first time, but uh, we're excited that you're here with us tonight. First John chapter 2, and I am probably the last one making my way there. I have it all written here in my iPad, but I want to look at it along with you. First um, John chapter number 2 and verses 5 through 6. And I'm going to ask Brother Dooley if you'd help me read tonight. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abides in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Um, and I want to just talk for a few moments tonight uh, on walking with God. Walking with God. Um, and that phrase, walking with God, um, walking with God in Scripture involves more than just a physical locomotion. It's, it's more than just physically walking uh, you know, down the road. Uh, but God often uses terms in his word that are common to humans in the natural realm to describe spiritual truth. So as we uh, think about walking down a particular path and perhaps walking alongside somebody, uh, a friend or a family member or whomever, uh, and we also can make that same association with walking with God in that we're walking the same direction with God, we're walking in agreement and alignment with God, uh, and through this, uh, through these, through these, we come to know through these spiritual truths. We come to know God and how to communicate with Him and how to please Him. Uh, there are terms in the Word of God, such as eating the bread of life. Amen. I never ate a piece of bread that uh, gave me eternal life. Uh, I've never uh, been able to find that. Special piece of bread, but that is a, uh, a term that is used in the word of God, eating of the bread of life. There's also a term that's used in the word of God, such as uh, drinking the living water. Amen. Uh, and I've, once again, I've never picked up a ball of water and drank it and felt like I was never going to age one more minute of my life. I've never found that uh, uh, fountain of living water um, in that, you know, you drink something and you live forever in a physical sense. Uh, but the Bible does give us that term, that phrase, the, to drink of the living water. It also makes, uh, gives us the, the state, makes a statement uh, about sitting in heavenly places. And I don't know how many of us, maybe at some point in time or another, felt like we were so spiritual that we were, you know, sitting there in heavenly places. Or we could say that in a physical sense that wasn't possible because we haven't been to heaven but in a spiritual sense, these are phrases and terms that are used in the word of God, such as eating of the bread of life, drinking of the living water, sitting in heavenly places. And as we'll talk today, walking with God. 
And more often than not, the terms walk, walked, or walking apply to a spiritual exercise where by either God or man is involved. Um, in the book of Genesis, the story is told about Adam and Eve. And uh, the Bible makes the reference how that they heard the voice of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. The voice of God. The voice of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And there are, there's a spiritual application to what we're going to talk about here for a few moments. And, and I want God to help us, uh, to give us understanding to, uh, if it were to be able to, to uh, refresh our understanding and rekindle a desire in our hearts and in our souls that what I am doing, what I am attempting to do is I am attempting to walk with the Lord. I'm attempting, amen, a walk with God to have that relationship with Him, to have that communication with God and to be in proper alignment with God because the Bible says, can two walk together except they be agreed? And so there are, uh, there are spiritual truths that we get from the Word of God and we're going to talk about them here in a few moments about how that if we're going to walk with God, we've got to be in agreement, we've got to be in alignment with the Word of God and with the, the mind of God. And, and I want to challenge us tonight for a few moments to begin to look in the mirror of the Word of God. Amen. Another spiritual term that we use talking about the mirror of the Word of God. As we look in the, in the mirror of the Word of God and we can begin to reflect on our own lives. Am I truly walking with the Lord? Is the life that I'm living in perfect alignment with God? And is the life that I'm living, the, the, the communication that I'm keeping, the the fellowship, the company that I'm making, is it in alignment and is it in agreement with God? And if it is in agreement with God, then, then I can truly say I am walking with Him. And we are in agreement and we are in alignment with one with another. And when I was growing up, amen, and I was learning how to pray, learning how to talk to God, my prayer was oftentimes, God, help me to develop my own walk with you. Help me, God, to develop my own relationship with you. Because as a child, as a young person, you reach a point in your life, your walk with God. When you realize my mom and dad have a walk with God, they have a prayer life, they have a communication of fellowship, relationship with God. But I began to look at my own life and began to think, God, how is my own life? It's not enough that I could just come to church and, and a, hair, a, hair, a, per, a person preach the word of God. And know that my pastor has a walk with God and, and, and the deacons in the church have a walk with God or the musicians have a walk with God. But in my own personal life, is there, is there a daily walk with God that I am developing, that I am fostering, that I am uh, working on daily to walk with the Lord? And, and I, my prayer began to be, God help me to develop my own walk with God. And so that prayer, that desire of my heart began to take me to a daily time before God as I would... Uh, I, I would stop the clock, if you will, and I would stop everything else that I was doing. And I would find a place to kneel down and pray and close my eyes and begin to seek after God. God, help me to walk with you here for a few moments. Help me, God, that my life would be such that it's pleasing before you. And God, and I begin to take the inventory of my life and I begin to look at my life. And I begin to say, God, are the things in my life that I'm doing Things in my life that I'm saying, things in my life that I'm involved with that are not pleasing to you, that are causing 
my life to go in a different direction from the way that you're going. But God, uh, above all else, God, I want to please you, God. I want to do that which is pleasing the sight of God. I want to walk uh, uprightly before the Lord. I want to lead lead a life that's pleasing before Him. And there were many times in my life where I, many times throughout the day as a young person, I began to take... I began to find myself talking with the Lord God. Is there areas in my life that are not pleasing before you? Is there areas in my life, God, that I think I'm okay with? That I think, God, I've I've been able to justify things. I've been able to reason things away, God. But ultimately, if you're not pleased with my life, if if you're not pleased with the actions I'm taking, with with the conversation that I'm making, with the company that I'm keeping, God, I don't want it to be that I think I'm walking with God and God's walking here a clear different direction, but I want to make certain today that, God, I am walking with the Lord. I am pleasing you. And uh, the things that are taking place in my life, God, they are in alignment with the will and the purpose and the plan of God for my life. Because if I am not walking with God, and I am, in fact, doing my own thing, and I am given into the, uh, the flesh. I'm given into the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. But if I will continue to uh, evaluate my own life. Genesis chapter 5 and verse 24. Genesis chapter 5 and verse 24. Amen. As soon as you have it, brother. And Enoch. Walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Amen. We have the illustration of a particular man uh, in the Word of God, the book of Genesis, that the Bible says Enoch walked with God. There were a few, there were a few people in the Word of God that did not experience death. There was Elijah the prophet. Who the Bible says the Lord took him away in a, in a, uh, a whirlwind or a fire, a fiery chariot. And there's also this man that we're, we read about in the book of Genesis 5 and 24 by the name of Enoch. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. And the Bible would go on to say later on that Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. He had this testimony that he pleased God. And I want to challenge somebody today and ask you that question. Is the life that you're living, is the decisions that you're making, is it still pleasing before the Lord? Is he still pleased with every area of your life? Enoch was such a man that God, God would took pleasure in the life that he lived. And walking with God is not a lazy ambling along. It's not a lacking urgency and direction. Neither is it a frenzied, nerve-wracking episode. But walking with God indicates a paced. I'm going to say that again. Walking with God indicates a paced and purposed and progressing involvement geared individually to each saint. Walking with God is a pace. It's a purposed movement. It's not... A sprint. Sometimes people think that I've been living for God for a few weeks, for a few months, for a few days, 
and I'm not seeing visions and dreams and I don't feel all the goosebumps all the time. Walking with God is a, sometimes it's a slow pace. Sometimes it's just daily coming back. I know what I need to do. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. Sure, I may not feel nothing uh, at certain points in my walk with God. But God teaches us how to walk in faith. And there were times in my own walk with God that I experienced uh, a season of a, a, a dry spell, if you will, where I would go to pray and I wouldn't feel anything. I'd be there on bended knee talking to God and I didn't feel nothing. And that happened for weeks. And maybe it was even a month. It's been a, it's been a while. But I reached a point in that dry season of my life where I begin to realize, God, I'm going to love you no matter how I feel. I'm going to live for you, God, no matter how I feel. No matter, no matter if I don't feel the goosebumps, God, I know it's going to happen. I know I'm going to feel the Holy Ghost coming powerfully in my life. But God, I, I'm going to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. Not based on how I feel. Not based on and my, my uh, current situations and, my, and the circumstances that I find myself in. But God, I'm going to walk with you because I love you, God. Because I, at one point in time, God, I saw you, Lord, for who you were in my life. And I knew, God, that you loved me and that you cared for me, God. And Lord, there may be times in my life where I may not feel anything, God. But I will walk with you, Lord, and I will serve you, God, and I will please you in spite of how I feel, in spite of the questions that arise in my life. God, I'm going to live for you no matter what things look like in my life, no matter how I feel. And it's learning to walk by faith. It's learning to walk by faith. And walking by faith is the antithesis of walking by sight or by human reasonings and mere intuition. We do not, as a Christian, as a child of God, we do not depend on carnal thinking to direct us in our choices. Walking by faith is in direct contradiction to human reasoning. Walking by faith doesn't make any sense sometimes. And if you're not getting a hold of God on your knees in prayer, you're going to begin to question the things that you're doing. You're going to begin to say, am I doing the right thing? Amen. But it's when you find yourself on your knees in prayer that God again begins to pull back the scales from your eyes. And you begin to see it's walking by faith, my friend. It's walking by faith and not by sight. It will go against human reasoning. It fully contradicts mere intuition. It goes against even human ideologies and human thinking. Amen. Walking by faith. Amen. Is trusting in the arm of God and not in the arm of flesh. Amen. Walking by faith is not knowing how it's all going to turn out. But it's knowing that I'm simply obeying the voice of God. I'm obeying the word of God. And when I step out and I walk in faith, God takes care of me. God provides. God makes a way. And that is walking by faith. Walking by faith is that unseen force of eternal optimism. Moses walked a road where there were no visible footprints, as did that man Abraham. Walked. No path to walk on. Just blazing trails. Walking by faith. 
I don't know where I'm going right now, God. But you told me to go this way, so I'm going to go. I'm going to walk with you, God. As long as I know that I've got your hand in mine, I'm going to go this direction. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. And it is, and tip, it is, it is, uh, it goes against human reasonings. It goes against walking by sight. Another method of walking with God is walking in the Spirit. And if we could go to Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 16, amen, talking about walking in the Spirit. And when we, we use that term or that phrase, walking in the Spirit, we are referring to the gift of the Holy Ghost or the Spirit of God as it is resident in the, in the heart and the life of the believer. Galatians 5 and 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. Too many times we allow a day to go by and another day to go by and another day to go by and we haven't gotten in the Holy Ghost. We haven't talked in tongues. We haven't prayed in the Spirit. We haven't walked in the Spirit. And because we're not allowing the Spirit of God to move in our lives, amen, we begin to fall prey to the lust of the flesh. Being filled with the Holy Ghost is not a one-time thing. We do not subscribe to the uh, ideology of once saved, always saved. If that were true, you could come to this altar, be filled with the Holy Ghost, go to the room behind you, be baptized in Jesus' name, and then go out there and do your thing because you already got things cleared up. We don't subscribe to that. that doesn't, that's not what we read in the Word of God. It is an ongoing walk with God. Yeah. It is walking in the Spirit. Yeah. It is not just sitting in the Spirit. It is it is walking in the Spirit. It is being active. Amen. Walking with God. And if you will walk in the Spirit, if you will learn to allow the Holy Ghost to move in your life on a daily basis, if you will walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. Show me a person, amen, that finds a daily place to pray. Show me a person, amen, that daily is getting on their knees before God and doesn't get up till they pray through and talking in tongues and praying in the Holy Ghost and I'll show you a person that's not giving in to the lust of the flesh that is living an overcoming life amen walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh if we will be a church that will say hey you know what this day's gone by amen it may be 11 o'clock in the evening I haven't had the chance to pray. I'm going to make time to pray. And I'm not going to stop praying until I get through to God. till I speak in other tongues. And I'm renewed. And my mind is renewed. And I am transformed by the renewing of my mind. I want to be one that walks with God. That walks in the Spirit. Amen. That has the Spirit of God moving in my life. Moving in my life. Hallelujah. The spirit and the flesh are contrary one to the other. And the victor of the two will exhibit itself either in the works of the flesh or the fruit of the spirit. You say, I'm walking in the spirit. I got the Holy Ghost. Some more accurately, might, more accurately might say, I had the Holy Ghost. But to the person who says, 
I've got the Holy Ghost. It's still resident in my life on a daily basis. I've got the Holy Ghost. To that particular individual, you will see the fruit of the Spirit. To the man and the woman that walked in the Spirit, you will see the visible representation, the visible fruit on the tree, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust thereof. That's the word of God. That's the word of God to the man or the woman that says walk in the Spirit. But those that allow the world to creep in, the flesh to take over, you see exhibited in their life the works of the flesh. And there's all sorts of nonsense that takes place in a person's life that is not walking in the Spirit. The Bible says, I don't have the exact reference, it's not my notes, that the way of the transgressor is hard. It's a statement found in the Word of God. The way of the transgressor is hard. And just, just recently I was talking to, uh, ran into a backslider. And talking to him, I haven't seen him in years. And he was, we were out there in front of the store talking for almost, it seemed like almost an hour, it was a long time. He began to tell me all the things that are happening in his life. It's a wreck. It's chaos. It's hurt. It's disappointment. It's abandonment. It's being alone. It's being confused. It's not knowing where he's going, what's happening. Families all over the country. It's, it's a mess. And you think it's okay if I slack off and I don't have to pray in the Holy Ghost. I don't have to get full of the Holy Ghost every day. You give the devil an inch. As I've heard it said, it's so true. You give the devil an inch, he will take a mile. You don't, you don't tell sin where to stop. You just simply allow sin to work in your life and it will take over. And it's been said that sin will uh, take you further than you want it to go. Keep you longer than you want it to stay. And cost you more than you ever thought you would pay. It's so important what I'm talking about tonight. To walk in the spirit. There must be. There must be. In our church. A people. That determine their hearts. In my daily time of prayer. I'm going to pray through. To talk in tongues. I'm going to get a hold of God. I'm going to be renewed in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to walk in the spirit. That I might not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If the church is to be a strong, rooted and grounded church, there must be good Bible teaching. It's not always a shout. It's not always a preaching. But it's a teaching that will keep us. And we have to be reminded that, hey, you've got to get a hold of God. You've got to find a place to pray and not just get through your five minutes or ten minutes or 15 minutes. But you've got to pray at home, 
and get through to God the same way you pray here on a Sunday morning. If your life just simply consists of coming to church and praying through on Sunday night, Sunday morning and Wednesday night, you're missing out on so much more. But there should be a place you have in your home. There should be a place of prayer in your home. A daily time of prayer, perhaps, if you have a set schedule where this is when I pray. This is where I pray. This is how I pray. And I'm going to have my walk with God. The, the saying is a family that prays together stays together. And that's true. But there must be a point in, the time, in your day when you, as an individual, get along with God and say, God, I love you. I love you, God. I love you, God. I want to walk with you, God. I want to please you. I want to walk pleasing before the Lord. And I want to walk in the light as he is in the light. John chapter 11 verses 9 through 10. Amen talks about walking in the light and walking in the darkness. And I have heard it said before that if God reveals to you light. If God reveals to this church and to you individually, if God reveals to you light and you refuse to walk in it, then you will walk in darkness. There is no in between. There is no gray area. If God, when God reveals to you light and you've been shown the truth of the word of God and you refuse that way, you say, I don't want that no more. I refuse. I reject that. It's no longer finding some gray areas, some in-between. It's if God reveals to you light and you refuse to walk in it, then you will walk in darkness. There's no in-between. There's no gray area. There's no sugarcoating the state in which your life is. If you could read. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumble not because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbles because there is no light in him. It's in this passage of scripture, the reference is walking in the light. Amen. There is no stumbling. Walking in the day, there is, there is clarity of vision. There is understanding where you are and what, what you're doing and where you're going. But to those that determine I'm not going to walk in that particular path anymore. I'm going to walk in the night. Amen. He stumbled, the Bible says, because there is no light in him. And I want to say that outside of the church of the living God, darkness pervades the spiritual atmosphere. Outside of the church of the living God, it is a state of darkness that will pervade, amen, the atmosphere. Amen. You perhaps, amen, I don't know, I'm not talking to anybody in particular, but if you say within yourself, I don't need the church, amen, to make it to heaven. I don't need the church, amen, to please God. I think I can do it by myself. I think I can do this on my own. Amen. That you are pulling yourself outside of the light that God has revealed to you previously. Amen. It is the will of God that we walk in the light. And outside of the church, amen, darkness will envelop the soul of that man or that woman. Because darkness is pervading the spiritual atmosphere of this world. And you have to get into the ark or into the church 
of the living God that you might have the light. Amen. And this word shine upon your life. That you might know how to address things in your life. You have got to get into the church if you want to be saved. You have got to get outside. You've got to pull yourself out from the darkness. Amen. There cannot be people, amen, that go to heaven that are just groping in the darkness. Amen. But the people that get to heaven, amen, are living intentionally. They know what they're doing. Amen. The Bible says fools do not err therein. You're not going to stumble into heaven. The stumbling is associated with being in the darkness. If you get to heaven, and my prayer is everybody in this room gets to heaven, it's going to be because the light has come on in your life and you're seeing. This is what I need to do if I want to go there. This is the steps I need to take if I want to make it there. So I'm going to live my life with intention, with purpose. Because there is a reward for this body of Christ. Just a couple of more things as as we uh, wind down. The Bible talks about that we should walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. That we should walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. And what does that particular passage of scripture mean? What is vocation? And the, as we study the scriptures in the word of God, uh, vocation in the Greek language means or implies an invitation. Its verb form means to be invited or appointed or called. It's that calling, it's that invitation. And God has called this people out of darkness into his marvelous light. God has reached out and God has appointed and God has invited and God has called each and every one of us. Amen. And so we must conduct ourselves commensurate with such a holy invitation is what the writer is talking about when he says walk worthy. I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And the scripture goes on and on, but it also talks about walking worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. Is the life that I'm living worthy of the calling he's placed upon my life? Am I walking such a way that that calling of God, that invitation of God is commensurate with my actions. And the final thing I want to talk about is in Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. <clears throat> See then that ye walk circumcision circumspectly, but as wise. Redeeming the times, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. The scripture says, see then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. We are to walk 
as wise, not as fools. Redeem in the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And that word, as we close, that word circumspectly, it means to hedge about, to protect, to guard, to attend to, to beware, to take heed, and to preserve. See that you walk circumspectly. Always on guard about my walk with God. Looking at my life. Attending to it is the walk that I am walking. Pleasing to him. Walk circumspectly. Walk with understanding. Not as a fool that just does whatever. But as a wise man. Walking. The way, the path that I'm walking, the way that I'm walking, every step I'm taking, everything that I'm doing, every decision I'm making is pleasing to him. He's pleased with this, with my actions. My life lines up with his word. I want to walk circumspectly. I want to walk not as a fool that just does whatever, not some loose cannon, not just goes with the wind, but I want to walk with intention, with purpose and guarding my walk with God. You've got to be very careful of the entanglements of this world that would try to creep into your life and steal your walk with God. It's not always, uh, it's not always so very apparent what is coming against your walk with God. You think, well, I, I made up my mind to live for God and I'm going to live for God, I'm going to walk with God. And you've got all the right intentions and all the right... Uh, get the right mindset but somewhere along the way things begin to creep in and it could be a number of things that the devil will use to creep into your life but if, and if you're not walking circumspectly guarding your walk with God there has to be and we're, I was talking to, to my Aunt Didi about this earlier in the week I think it was about uh, memories as when we were when I used to live at home and my Aunt Didi lived with us for a while how my mom, I remember talking about this and just saying, I remember when, you know, I would go to your house as a, when you were a kid and uh, I would look around, the house would be a wreck sometimes. You guys would be playing, it was riot. And I would look and say, where's Kathy? My mom was locked away in her room praying. Sure, it's gonna, it, there's gonna be some chaos. There's gonna be some things happen. But she was guarding her walk with God and saying, he comes first. Doesn't mean she was a, my mom, my mom definitely was not a, uh, a mom that just didn't care. But us go ahead and run up there in the street, son. You'll be okay. That wasn't my mom. My mom was diligent with us. But she guarded her walk with God. She said, you know, and I remember there were times, many times, uh, my mom would be praying and she would lock the door of her bedroom. And I would knock. Not now, son, I'm praying. <laughs> Come on, mom, I'm hungry. Or it was something. But she was guarding her walk with God. And she was teaching us that you've got to guard your walk with God. You've got to determine what is most important in your life. And for the person that walks circumspectly, not as a fool, but as wise, amen, uh, there is great reward. And, and like I was saying, 
I, I was want to get to this point. There are things that could slip into our lives if we're not careful. That could be entanglements and weights if we're not careful, if we're not walking circumspectly. Uh, it, it's not just you know some very apparent thing that could happen in your life, but it could be something as simple as innocent as social media. Everybody's got a social media account. Nothing wrong with a social media account. But if that begins to slip into your life and still time away from your talk with God, your walk with God, and suddenly you find yourself looking at your phone all day long and you can't find 10 minutes to pray, you're not walking circumspectly. You're not saying, okay, is my walk with God still in proper alignment? Is it still where it needs to be? Others, maybe it's not social media. Maybe it's family. And we, and I've seen it happen. A woman will come to church alone. Husband's not saved, not living for God. She'll pray, 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 get a hold of God. We're, we're, uh, reach out to God and, and get a hold of God. And God saves husband. Husband number one. God saves him. That begins to take away her walk with God. The thing that she prayed for, she thought she needed so desperately. God saved her husband. I'm thinking of a lady in particular. God saved her husband. She backslides. She wasn't walking circumspectly. God, I'm walking and I'm running this race because I love you. And I want nothing to get in my way, God, of pleasing you, of serving you. Sometimes, amen, the single young person will pray, God, I want a wife. So desperately, a husband so desperately. And they allow their walk with God to go down the drain. That they might find somebody out there. They're not walking circumspectly. He's got to be the most important thing in our lives. Our walk with God has got to take precedent over everything else. Another area of life, and I'm just talking for a few moments. Could be work. I've seen other people that as they come to God and God begins to turn the life around, God begins to move in their lives and they're praying, God, give me a job. Bless me with a job. I need financial blessings. Nothing wrong with that. We should pray. God bless me. But then God gives, I've seen it. God blesses that person with a job or they think it's God blessing with a job. And then they allow their walk with God to go down, down the tube and suddenly their job is more important. They're not walking circumspectly. They're not guarding their walk with God. There were times in my life when I worked uh, for Office Depot just down the road that it was Wednesday night many times. Uh, and I would, my managers would, would almost demand overtime. You have to do overtime. And I would tell them, just so you know, I'm leaving right now. Because I'm going to church. Because that's the most important thing in my life. This job comes secondary to my walk with God. And if I don't get to the house of God, if I don't make it a priority, and I make this job a priority, I won't be the the best employee that I can possibly be. That's the most important thing. And there were a couple times he was furious. But because God blessed me, and God honored that, he wasn't the only manager in that building I had other managers that, 
they saw, hey, Nate's a top performer. He's, he's a great employee. He gets along with everybody. We wouldn't want to lose him because this manager's mad at him. But I begin to prove the Lord. My walk with you, God, is more important than any job, more important than any relationship, more important than, than any gizmo or gadget, more important than anything else, more important than family, more important than friends. My walk with God is the most important thing in my life. And the Bible says, he that loved a father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. You think, wow, that's harsh. Kind of, kind of a Bible, kind of religion doctrine is that. But God requires, he comes first. You say, well, I'm staying home to be with family from out of town. I'm staying home to be with uh, this situation. You've got to walk circumspectly. Nothing comes between my walk with God, between me and my walk with God. He's first. He's foremost. Why don't we stand to our feet? Amen. Um, Let's just ask the Lord.